from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell. Danny Canel, Raja, Raja Bell with you on this Tuesday. Big show we got to get to, Monday Night Football. We got some NBA preseason action that's out there. Zion is over there dunking all over people. What? He did that's... dunk on somebody. I saw the and with his right. He's lefty. He brought it in with his right. He was dunking all over Ooh, people. I, he, he had some dunks. One, dude. But this is funny to me because I wake up this morning. I'm listening to, to everything I can listen to. I'm watching TV. Yep. And, and you would think he had 45 points last night and caught nine bodies. He did not. <laughs> all right. He had some dunks. Save it because we're going to do that later in the show we're going to get to that as well as their controversy which is brewing with uh china uh the with daryl morey's tweet which has sent the uh nba world into a tizzy for mm-hmm. sure is there a lot of fallout from that we'll break that down a little bit later uh before we get into the nfl i just want to thank people for uh listening watching if you do it here on cbs sports hq if you listen to the podcast online we appreciate that make sure you go rate us um on the apple podcast give us a five-star review mm-hmm. <coughs> ask us a question that'd be fantastic if you do that because we'll get some love and we'll get those answered on here monday night football does that clear my throat your yeah. first thought um yeah well wh- where are we going now as as the cleveland browns wh- yep. what do you what do you do now i the loss itself um putting you to two and three for me not the end of the world like the division, no one's running away with that division, right? You know, Baltimore might not be exactly what we thought they were. Pittsburgh's in a bunch of trouble, but it was a tail whooping. Yeah. Like you, you can muster three points as an offense, an offense with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, the, the ever brash, uh, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. Like that's what you guys can muster up on a Monday night. Where do you go from here? Not the loss itself. The way you lost was yep. a terrible look. See, here's what I think. And I think where I have a pretty good bead for what the Browns are going to be. They're going to be, they're immature, they're young, they're inexperienced. So I think they're going to be incredibly high uh-huh. with the success, and the lows are going to be pretty low. And there's no real in the middle team. Like, watch the Patriots. Do they ever have panic when they lose? No. It's like, hey, we're going to be fine. Do they ever go crazy when they win big? No. They're just like on to the next, right. on to the next. They have this incredible focus. But I think the Browns, they start buying in, hey, shut up all you haters when they win. And when they lose, it's like, oh, yeah. Kick us while we're down, but we'll be back. Instead of just, hey, it's a bad game, you write it off. Instead, like everything is amplified because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, just ha- just handle your business, right? Right. Like, just be a professional about it. Just keep it moving, right? Yep. Keep the week. Um, have a, some some steadiness about what you're trying to do there. And I you, you, I think you're right. They're way too emotional, way too which uh, is an immature riding team. the wave. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. Which is, I think is that's what they're going to be. Like this year would not surprise me at all if they finish the season 8-8. Eight and eight. And they're, but they've had some, and they'll knock off some teams that are, you know, really good teams. Right. And they'll lose maybe some games they shouldn't have. And last night, they were the underdog. They were, you know, they weren't supposed to, but they were not competitive no, no, in yeah, that game. On, yeah, that on. was ugly from that standpoint. And it also, so here's the other thing that I take away from this. So Baker Mayfield did not play great. We've had his stats on there. Eight of 22, only a hundred yards passing, uh, passing. Two interceptions. Granted, one of those was what could have been close to a touchdown to Callaway. Instead, it gets bobbled up, gets picked off. So I don't want to pick that one on him. But it was an embarrassing offensive performance. I do think Baker Mayfield is struggling in year two, which you see a lot of times. Teams get film on you. You have to start prepping different. 
They're throwing different looks at you. It just becomes a little bit more complex. And oh, by the way, last year, you don't get everybody's best shot. You, right. It's just a fact of the matter. When you're the Browns last year, the laughing stock, you're firing your coach, you teams might overlook you. This year, it's the complete opposite. Teams have circled the Browns on their schedules and they want to give their best performance. So now that's what they're getting. Um, <laughs> definitely some of that going on. Uh, I want to be fair to Baker because I don't know how to evaluate quarterbacks, right? Um, but as I'm watching him more because there are more primetime opportunities to do that, uh, I don't get the feeling that he's a special quarterback. I don't. I think he's good. Um, but I don't think he's special. And I, and I don't mean that as a slight, like special. I'm talking, you know, game changing, um, Super Bowl carrying type. You're talking Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Um, Patrick Russell Mahomes. Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. I just don't think he's in that air. Like I, I think he's in a class below that. Mm. I don't think he's bad. Right. Um, but when you couple that with a really, really bad offensive line and what seems to be suspect play calling, if I can be frank. Yep. Like you're going to get a mess. Uh, there's no reason. No good one for, for that matter. Uh, that you have weapons like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and you gotta start gimmicking it up to get Odell the ball. Like right. we gotta start running straight gimmicks. Like we can't devise a passing scheme that gets them open. And if, if, if they are just completely intent on taking those two things away, it should certainly open something else up. And you haven't found that either. Yep. And Freddie Kenshin's agree with you. He looks a little bit over his head. There's been some controversy about whether why he was named the head coach. Was it just because of his relationship with Baker Mayfield? Maybe he wasn't the best option for the job. Clearly, he just looks a little bit overwhelmed. And right. again, he, I put him in the same category as the players. A little bit overwhelmed, immature, not able to handle the success, and not able to um, you know, handle the adversity either. And they're not handling it well. Um, beefs come up in college and probably even professional sports, but I think it's hilarious what happened last night with Nick Bosa, who played at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, one of the most uh, controversial things we've seen in the last several years was when Baker Mayfield went up to Columbus, planted beat the, the Buckeyes, took that flag out, and planted it in midfield. I didn't have a problem with it, but I'm always like, hey, if you're going to do something like that, you better be ready to deal with the consequences. At the time, I thought, well, maybe Ohio State would have a rematch with Oklahoma in the playoff. That didn't happen. Yeah. But Nick Bosa, who was an Ohio State Buckeye, Waited two years for this moment <laughs> after getting a couple sacks, mimics the, uh, mimics the flag waving and stamps it, puts it on the field. Uh, this was outstanding. I love this, but this is what happens when you want to talk a little, a lot of trash, which Baker Mayfield does. Yeah. You got to deal with the consequences. Now he's probably like shaking his head saying, Hey, it is what it is, but you better be ready for this type of stuff. Cause it won't be the, the last time you see some player that's going to want to get their revenge on Baker. Yeah. Correct. I mean, look, you bring, you bring that on yourself uh for in in baker's defense and to his credit i guess i don't think that bothered him like i think he's the type of dude that's probably like hey, maybe man. he rides maybe like, if they play again sometime yeah. down the road he's gonna want to get him back i don't think that bothers him i i think you know we kind of you know to talk about bosa and and the 49ers sitting at four and oh like we it was a couple weeks ago we did like the, the three and oh teams or the two and oh teams and whether you were buying them or not yes um and I think I, if I remember correctly, I kind of reserved judgment on, on the, on the 49ers because they were the only team in there that were, you know, top five in both offensive and defensive, um, categories. Uh, they're for real though. They're for real. And they, and, and, you know, 
it's interesting because I don't watch the Niners a lot, and I know they gave Jimmy Garoppolo all of this money. Yep. And coming off of yesterday when we talked about running the ball and all of the teams, save for two that won on Sunday, had won the running game, and San Francisco comes out, they gave Jimmy Garoppolo all this damn money, and you know what they don't ask him to do? Go out there and throw it 40 They don't. Times, right? They run the heck out of the ball. They use him in a timely way. They run him uh, play action and what have you. But they're not asking him to drop back and carry a team. They're protecting him with the running game. They're pounding the ball. And they got a really good defense. So I am, I am, you know, San Francisco is legit. And it helps when you come out there the first play of the game and get rattled off an 83 I mean, yeah, yard that's... touchdown. You kind of set the tone in that game. But you're right. They didn't have to have him do a lot, but you kind of know what's in there with him. You haven't seen it yet. And I would say, with San Francisco, like clearly you get to this point where you're 4-0, you're thinking, all right, this team is legit. But here's what I say the one but is, is, all right, and we do this in college football all the time. Mm-hmm. Who have you beaten? Right. And their schedule has not been tough against the Bucks, not a good team. Bengals, not a good team. Steelers, without Ben Rossberger, you're like, all right, they're winning these games. But at some point, you're, you're winning. Like you have yeah, to I get mean, credit for that. Like sure. what are you going to see? Or week eight and be like, I haven't beaten anybody. They're taking care of their business. I would still lean towards the Seahawks in this division, but I might give the edge to the uh, 49ers over the Rams, which is kind of crazy as the Rams were the team in the Super Bowl last year. But I think the Rams have more blemishes uh, on their team than the 49ers do on there. So kudos to them. And I think it is kind of – it speaks volumes about the Browns' effect. When we led with the Browns talking about them, yeah. and we didn't talk about the 49ers who might be – uh, the best team out there in the, in their division, maybe even one of the best in the NFC all, uh, all together. Uh, Nick Bosa afterwards talked about the celebration and what he said to Baker Mayfield, as well as Baker Mayfield responding to. I didn't know that till I was informed before I got up here. Good for him. Good play. He had it coming. So, <laughs> but he didn't say one word back. So what would you say? Just an example. I was just screaming his name, like, Baker, <laughs> Baker, you good? Come on, pick it up. We want a challenge. Yeah, like that. So this was throughout the game, not just on Yeah, and he was just looking at me like, <laughs> I don't know how anybody thought he would be able to see over Eric and Buck, but uh, he was panicking. He was double clutching, rolling back and forth. Um, we had him rattled. Hey. So it wasn't only the flag hey. plant. He also came in there, said he was totally rattled. And if you watched the game, you would have assessed it the same way. Yeah. I don't know if I buy Baker saying he didn't see it or he wasn't aware of it. This is the first time I was told of it. I have a hunch he was probably aware of it. He just didn't want to give them credit for it. Um, but, hey, again, you go talking all that trash. And he did. I don't know if you saw it. Before the game, he did a sit-down with uh, Keyshawn Johnson of ESPN. And he was talking about – and this is – but, you know, hey, he's coming off a great week. And he's like, hey – I love being brash. I love talking. I don't want to put myself in this little box where I can't say and do whatever I want. And that's all great. That's all gravy. But when you struggle, there are going to be people that come out there and they come out of the woodwork and they want to see you fail. And it's already a really tough job. Why do you make it tougher on yourself by being that brash guy? Sometimes it's okay to hold back just a little bit. Well, I'm going to contradict myself yesterday because remember you were talking about the guy dancing prior to the to the UFC fight. Yes, yes. And, and you were like, "Wait till you win to do that." Yeah. I was like, "Nah, he's a showman. He wants See? to do it, right?" Yeah. But that is putting the cart before the horse. Yep. A bit, right? Like you, you know. Again, but here's the difference. My man went in there and knocked the dude out. Yeah. So you handled yours. It yep. is a it is a terrible look, a la Miami with the with the chains and and rings. When you're losing. That stuff doesn't play well. When you're winning, everything's forgiven. Forgiven, like yep. winning cures all. So Baker, I'm, I'm look, be you, dude. Like I support people I'd being who be you are. You. But 
you can tone that down. Yes. Like you can make it way more palatable, right? There can be a humbleness to it at the same time. Um, uh, you know, you, you don't have to be apologetic, but you can be humble, you know? I would also say too, you can be you on the field. Like you can talk all kind of trash as a quarterback. Tom Brady talks a lot of smack. Right. Did you ever hear him play things out publicly? Nah, no, just kind of he, yeah. he, and I, and he even like Baker made fun of, the politician effect of how quarterbacks always have to say the right thing. And he was like, I don't want to be that guy. Sometimes it helps, you know, it helps yeah. to play that way and then be as nasty, be a dog on the field. Like that's the way it sh you should be. And you won't get as much backlash from the media. Uh, the Washington Redskins in other news out of the NFL, they did fire Jay Gruden. We hit on that yesterday, but apparently mm -hmm. they are targeting Mike Tomlin, Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs and Todd Bowles. Uh, who is the defense coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now? You know what's one, interesting to me yeah, on that? What's, what's your, uh, interesting to you on that? Those are three black coaches, right? Which is awesome. That's yeah. great. Is it no, I just yeah. think that's interesting. No, it is interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to go that the one interesting thing is Mike Tomlin well, still has a head coaching job at one of the best uh, franchises in the NFL. The other guys are OCs, DCs, where, yeah, they're next in line. Right. But I think it's fascinating that, you know, according to our Jason Lock and Four here at CBS Sports, that he's targeting Mike Tomlin. I think this might actually like normally. If I think you you'd were say, Mike Tomlin. Yep. All right, go ahead. What are you going to say? If you still had support in Steeler Land, yep. Like, all right, let's cons like, like let's just assume that there's still support for Mike Tomlin. Your yep. job is safe. The the Rooney family, right? That's who owns it, right? Yep. Like they got your back. What would entice you to leave a stable organization like the Steelers to go to the dumpster fire that's been the Washington Redskins? All right, I give you. I can't. I can't really sell him wanting to go to Washington with the mess that that is. Right. But I can sell him wanting to get out of a situation which is kind of crumbling. Ben Roethlisberger, who knows what he's going to be after this elbow surgery. Okay. It's the most important position in the game, right? Fair. If, if all of a sudden you don't have your Hall of Fame quarterback, what direction do you go? Like, Fair. like, So who knows? On the flip side, you go look at Dwayne Haskins. They just drafted him. You're getting a young quarterback kind of coming into his own. Now I agree with you. There's going to be some serious like, hey – Daniel Snyder, you keep your nose out of everything. Right. You give me a GM that I can work with. You clean house and you let me take over. Then it becomes attractive. But even if Daniel Snyder promised you that, I don't know if I'd believe it very much. Um, one thing you brought up, which I think is interesting, as far as the three African-American coaches there, they just signed a black quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. I wonder if that is some of the thinking, hey, let me give somebody who can relate to my quarterback, who can look at him and, you know, I don't know, help develop him as somebody who's the same color skin as him. I don't, maybe yeah. that is something they're taking into consideration because clearly Daniel Snyder wants the future to be around Dwayne Haskins. And if you're thinking, hey, the best chance to give him to succeed, I would say out of those well, three options, then I would go with Eric Bieniemy, who's an offensive minded coach as opposed to do defensive minded coaches in Tomlin and Bowles. Yeah. I, no, I think, I mean, obviously all three of these guys are super, super accomplished and, and deserve, um, consideration for the job. I just thought it was interesting that there wasn't a, 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 a white name in the in right. three, you know what I mean? Right. Like not that, you know. And I would, I too would say the one that stuck out to me was Bienemy, just because you're in a, you're in a quarterback friendly system right now with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, right? Offensive minded, and if you are a believer in Dwayne Haskins, that being the Redskins, then you're gonna want to put him with someone who can kind of, you know, help him grow into the guy you want him to be. You know what I like about it, and who knows if this is even true or not, but I like the fact that. Because it doesn't feel like a Rooney rule. Hey, we have to have a black coach in here just to interview him. Yeah. This seems like no. These are three like top candidates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is a great thing because I don't think I think the Rooney rule is kind of a joke. Um, when you look at this situation with Dwayne Haskins, so it was reported uh, interim coach Bill Callahan says on the record Dwayne Haskins isn't an option at starting quarterback until they get his confidence up. 
Oh, that's a terrible. That's that's, that's a, a bad, terrible. I, I feel bad for Dwayne bite. Haskins. This has been so poorly played you know, out Danny, by the Redskins. I mean, this is even if it's true. Why on earth would you, would you out say, say that? that? That's <laughs> right. Well, that's just a terrible you know? look. I, I mean, you just stole the words out of my mouth. You you that can be the case, and you can come out and say, "Hey, we're 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 still going to ride with." Um, you know, Colt McCoy um, yeah, for a couple he, weeks. He gives Boom. the best chance to win. Easy. Just go with that. Done. Best chance to win. You don't throw your young quarterback under the bus just yet. I get it. Hey, he had a rough game against the Giants, but you said, everybody has rough games. You know, everybody throws. Baker Mayfield just had. You think they're going to say, hey, we're not going to start him next week because his confidence, confidence isn't up? is low? Who you bad do not, look. look, not only just for me, right? Because if I, I know if my confidence is shaken, I certainly don't want you saying that publicly. Um, but I don't need everybody you know, in the locker room looking at me sideways, like, yo, is Ra okay? Like, is, does he, is he tough enough to handle this? Is he cut from the stuff that a quarterback needs to be cut from? Like, are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the coaches are worried about me going out there and doing my job. I'm going to lose the locker room now behind right. what you're talking about. I don't know if I said this yesterday on air, but, um, if you're Dwayne Haskins and you knew that the last coaching staff, uh, Jay Gruden and company did not have your back and did not want you, mm-hmm. um, do you think, that that has changed now that Bill Callahan is sitting in this. He's part of that regime. No, probably like, not. That has not changed. No. I imagine that dude is going in there to work every day. While, give him credit, he is saying all the right things to the media. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is being a professional. I'm going to do my job. Like, whoop-de-woo. I, I say whoop-de-woo a lot, don't I? I like I it, though. That's I do. I've been thing. noticing it at home, too. I think we too. should get swag made, I like, gear made. It says whoop-de-woo, <laughs> whoop-de-woo. on it. Yeah, I um, like it. Well, because I think it's because you want to curse, but you can't. I say do. That. That's what it is, right? <laughs> My vocabulary is not strong <laughs> yes. enough to find something else to say. <laughs> yes. um, I would be going into work every day, looking like out of the corner of my eyes and rolling my eyes at, at, at even Bill Callahan yep. because you were a part of that coaching staff that I know had no confidence in me and you just said it to the whole world. Right. I, I think this is a really raw deal that Dwayne Haskins has been this hand he's been dealt early in his career uh, is really messed up and I hope he overcomes it and I hope maybe they get a coach in there who's going to take him under his wing and actually give him some of the help that he needs uh, and, and get him some weapons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And give him some whoop 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 it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, welcome back to Kinnell and Bells. We hit some college football. This past weekend was pretty good. We get so loaded up on Monday. We kind of do NFL on Mondays and college football a little bit more, a deeper dive on Tuesdays. Uh, Ohio State and the new pool, uh, poll, AP poll have moved up, uh, Ohio State Buckeyes and Georgia are tied at three Mm. in the new AP poll. Bama retains that number one spot. Clemson is still at two at the bye week. Ohio State after beating, uh, Michigan State pretty, convincing win there they covered the spread and georgia had a big win against tennessee and then lsu rounds out the top five i don't have a huge beef with this i mean if 
You look at it, I think Ohio State's been super, super impressive. Their defense all of a sudden looks like they've got this incredible – they're leading the country in sacks. Chase Young is just a monster out there. And Justin Fields has been incredible for them, taking over. I love the fact that you're seeing some of these storylines develop where you could see a scenario where Ohio State could be playing Georgia in a playoff and it'd be two quarterbacks that had been on the same team just a year ago. And you could have a scenario where, you know, long shot, but Oklahoma faces Bama on the other side of a playoff, and all of a sudden you've got these quarterback storylines, which are insane when you think about how it could play out. Um, but I don't know. My, my takeaway from the uh, the top 25, if anybody has a beef with these, like they don't matter. Yeah, they really don't. You know, like at I, this point especially. You know what I, You know what surprised me on that? And I, it, it's not that they don't deserve to be in there. I just didn't realize they were 5-0. and oh. It's been a quiet 5-0. and oh. Penn State. Right. Oh, yeah. Penn State is flying. They're absolutely fine. We haven't had that primetime game yet. Right. They played on a Friday night against Maryland, and they smoked them 59 to nothing. But then, as we do with a lot of these teams, it's like, hey, well, who have they beaten? And I would say that's where Penn State is now. Yeah. They go to Iowa this week, so it should be a pretty good, compelling matchup for them. The Florida Gators made a pretty good jump after uh, beating Auburn at home. That was a game It's kind of ugly, but I thought you saw from Auburn kind of the you got burned by having a true freshman sure. quarterback. And it's, I don't want to throw Bo Nix under the bus, but he is a true freshman. A, and it showed multiple opportunities they had where red zone interceptions and they had chances to get points and they walked away with nothing, gave the ball uh, over to the other team. I thought it was just – it was a – you got burned by the freshman. There, there are very few times we said coming in to that game when we, we previewed it. Um Eventually, the true freshman bites you in the butt. Yep. It's good as, as they're true, they're babies. Like, you remember being 17 years old? Oh my years gosh. Old I was and just so over my head. Over your head. And you're talking about playing for, na- I was playing in the North Atlanta, America East. Right. Had no national title implications and I couldn't get stuff right from game to game. You're talking about, you know, playing on the biggest stages with the biggest stakes. Uh, eventually he's going to make a mistake and it doesn't even mean he, you have a terrible game. You make a mistake and that's all it, all it takes to sometimes cost you one of those games. I think what happens is you had Trevor Lawrence as a true freshman last year looks awesome. Tua Tongvalo as a true freshman looks awesome. So you kind of like, Oh, this is supposed to be normal. Those are not normal cases. Correct. The more normal case is what happened to Bo Nix over the weekend. Let me, I'm going to ask you a question. This is off topic. I heard someone the other day and they were talking about Ohio State's resurgence, like, or not resurgence, but like the way they haven't really missed a beat after Dwayne Haskins leaves. And, and, um, they were talking about Justin Fields and, um, Jake Fromm. No, not Jake Fromm. The kid at, um, Jalen Trevor Hurts. Lawrence. Oh, 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 oh. Are they in the same class? Yeah. And Justin Fields. So, so do you this, remember the show QB1? I do remember QB1. So it was Trevor Lawrence was one of the features, and Justin Fields was one of the other features the same season. Uh, and it was cool because right? they were the top co- couple quarterbacks that were coming out, and they featured both of those guys. Yeah, this dude. Okay, that's, that's interesting Wait to me. Wait a second. No, it wasn't. It was, Trevor Lawrence. Is that right? No, that was uh, – I'm that, trying to think. No, I didn't want to say that. but you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're it. it was Sam something or other. That's and, right. It wasn't there. Justin Fields was, but he was a feature Tre- on QB. He was a future feature. Trevor wasn't, but this guy was saying that the cr- the crown jewel in that class, according to him, was Justin Fields that year. He was yep. the number one. Ranked oh yeah, he definitely was. People kind of forgot about him, right? And it became Trevor Lawrence. So I guess my question to you is, I haven't seen enough of him play. Is ju- like is Justin Fields? Should we be talking about him as a uh, as a as a real high prospect? That could um he's there he'll be there at the end of the season if he keeps going right like he's he's shown that he's more than capable i think the interesting discussion and this is kind of stupid because and it happens with jalen hurts too hey you know maybe george is playing the wrong quarterback with jake Fromm because uh. justin fields is putting up better numbers or hey maybe jalen hurts should still be playing at bama 
It's about fits. Yeah, it's fits. You know, like right. Jake Fromm fits what Georgia wants mm-hmm. to do offensively. They're more traditional drop back style system. Right. Justin Fields, if you put Justin Fields in Georgia's offense, it wouldn't be as success- successful. And if you put Jake Fromm in Ohio State's offense, it wouldn't be as successful. Yeah. They're perfect fits for where they are, which is great. It works out for everybody. That's why you got to be real careful. When you pick a school, like as a, as a student athlete, you have yep. to pick a good fit for you. Yep. Right? You have to know what you're getting into. Don't just pick it because of the, the, the name on the helmet. And know, that's why I don't have a problem now with transferring because maybe you're young. You don't realize some of the ins and outs and how that works offensively. Or, you know, you get a coaching change. All of a sudden, they're running a different offense. But hey, Justin Fields grew up in Georgia, wanted yeah. to go play there, and then he got there and realized, hey, this offense doesn't suit me. They're playing a guy who I'm gonna have to wait another couple of years. All of a sudden, it opens up at Ohio State, and you're like, all right, let me go there, you right. know. And I think same thing with uh, Jalen Hurts. He's putting up monster numbers. I think Tua would probably put up similar numbers, but it would look completely different. He wouldn't be running as much as Jalen Hurts is at at um at Oklahoma. So I think it's just kind of their different, you know, situations that unfold. And the great thing about it is they're all able to excel and have multiple yeah. seasons. What's your season? Uh, you're seeing my top eight. I still have Clemson at one for me. They looked sluggish, but they still haven't lost. And they still have incredible talent on the offensive side of the ball. They haven't clicked. Trevor Lawrence has not played well, but I would leave him there, uh, at Clemson at number one. Bama, I still think is a team. I have them Ohio of Ohio State. A lot of people are putting Ohio State as the best team of the country. I still think Alabama has the combination of both offense and defense with Tua putting up just historic numbers. But their defense also, they, you know, they lost Dylan Moses, their middle linebacker at the start of the season. You're like, man, they're going to be young. But they just plug in another four and five star. They're freshmen. They're getting better and better each week. Oklahoma for me at four. LSU at five. Georgia at six. Uh, Florida at seven. And Wisconsin at eight. Uh, a lot of this is going to shake itself out as LSU plays Florida this weekend. So you see one of those teams knock out. So it kind of all just, for me, the rankings are kind of dumb. Like they always usually do work themselves out. People get so fired up at where your team is ranked. And I would say, hey, if you're a Bama fan or an Ohio State fan who you know, wants your team to be one, what do you want, the week seven trophy? They don't give those out. There's only <laughs> one at the end of the season. Uh, I have Wisconsin at eight. The interesting thing about Wisconsin is we've talked a lot about the Heisman Trophy and we've talked a lot about quarterbacks. But what Jonathan Taylor is doing is pretty remarkable where – I think he's going to be in that conversation if he keeps uh, putting up these types of numbers. Now, granted, he's going to have to do it against Ohio State, but he might get two chances against Ohio State's defense to impress voters. Yeah, I. This is a tough one. Well, it's remarkable what he's doing. Is my, my my young my middle son asked me the other day who the best back was in college football, um, and I was thinking about it. I mentioned the kid from Clemson, and yep. I was like, you know what? No way, dude. That that kid, Jonathan Taylor, is like wrecking shop. So we talked about him. We looked him up a little bit. Um, the numbers are good. I don't know if they're good enough, Danny, to get you over the quarterback bias yep. when it comes to the Heisman. Now, if he goes up against Ohio State two times yeah. and eviscerates their defense, now you've got those signature moments that you talk about all the time. Uh, and if the resume is stout, like you could make the argument. But just having good, like really, really good numbers, I mean, you're you're going to have to – Record you know, setting. Yes, you'd you'd have, have to have break Barry right. Sanders' record. Or, you yes. know, you'd have to do something like that um, in order for him to overcome that. And you have to probably beat Ohio State twice, which mm-hmm. good luck doing that. You can't – it's harder to do it by yourself as a running back than it is a quarterback. I still think Joe Burrow is going to be the guy. He's going to have a massive opportunity this weekend against the Florida Gators, which I think he'll have some success with. So something to keep an eye on there. Welcome back to Kinnell and Bell. Uh, the NBA preseason is in full swing. Got multiple games every night. They're going all over the world. We'll hit a little bit on that in just a couple of minutes. But Zion, 
looking good, dunking all over dudes left and right. You're trolling now. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. That's what you're a, doing. Tell me this one where he goes to the lane to not just. Right. He did dunk on a dude right, right here. This is the that one with the right. Lane. Guy comes over there. Oh, I don't even know who that dude is, he but he definitely his, he dunked on him. He pulled his hand back at the last minute. This that's is not, he's getting that's a, not a dunk respect. on anyone. That's a. No, that was wide open. I could have made that dunk. This is that's not a right dunk the on lane. anyone. Yep. That's the same play. Sorry. Yep. Same play. Um, look, Lonzo, a little pocket pass. Yep. Tough. Oh, showcasing a little tough finish. Feathery touch right there. <laughs> oh my God. The, the gas, <laughs> the fumes are killing me right now. Um, no, look, he, he is going to be a high level NBA finisher around the rim. Right. That I know. I, right. I know that. Like that's going to translate. He is a physical specimen. If you can get him the ball with straight lines, um, good luck as the defender trying to get him off of that path or trying to meet him at the rim. That's he does that. Um, and I, I do believe he's going to do that to the tune of, you know, upwards of 16 points a game this year. I think there are going to be that many opportunities in the way New Orleans plays and with the willing passers that he has around them. The, the pace is going to afford them a whole lot of offensive opportunities. I would just like temper. I think it's, you know, it was interesting that this morning, the narrative, if you didn't watch the game or really look at the stat line, was that what you just said, uh, Zion took the NBA by storm. Right. He looked all right. He but looked good. But don't you think that's what we're going to see? Yeah. And, that, the that, NBA, and I'm not going to see the dunks. Look, good for Zion. Yeah. Good for David Griffin and the New Orleans Pelicans. Like you are, you are an exciting team. Um, but like, I don't. I don't love that because I like as a basketball guy, like I know that's not exactly what took place last night. I do think, and I'm going to double down on it. Uh, when we talked about, uh, New Orleans last week, they're, they're going to be good. Yeah. They're going to be an exciting team, uh, to watch play for, for not just Zion, but Lonzo is a heck of a player. Um, you know, uh, uh, they've got, um, Brandon Ingram is there. You've got Josh Hart. You've got uh, what's the name? Why can't I call his name? Joey's point guard's name was left over. Uh, Drew Holland is fantastic. Yep. Um, they are going to have a lot of pieces, and they're going to play at this pace that's going to highlight all of all of their skill sets. It's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be hard to play against. We broke down all those uh, jump shooting forms the other yeah. day of Lonzo, Markel Fultz, and Ben Simmons. Uh, Zion Williamson, not the best shooter oh, hey, that, at that, Duke. That's is that something developable, or is you see anything as form, or is it just he needs more reps? I typically say that. Shooting can be developed. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can come into the NBA like Lonzo with a head for playing the point guard position and ability to lead people, um, you can develop the stroke. Yeah. So I'm not going to waver off of that. My bad, Joe. I'm not going to waver off of that. You can develop the stroke. His shot though is broken right mm -hmm. now. That it, there, there are technical form issues all across the board. So he's going to have to have that thing tweaked a lot and it's going to take a lot of time. My bad, Raj. You got that long gather when you're when you got your thoughts going. Sometimes <laughs> I want to just jump in. Um, yeah, Danny, that that was one of the things I wanted to point out is the it's glaring watching. I watched the whole. I watched all his minutes last night. It's glaring the shot. I mean, and it's it is harder. It, it's more glaring with the NBA three point line. He doesn't jump, which is weird for a guy who is so athletic. Um, he's not going to be able to shoot this year. And the Hawks were a bad team last year. They're young. When they play against teams with good defensive principles, guys aren't going to close out to him. He's not going to be able to go. They're going to make him shoot the way teams have made Ben Simmons shoot for years. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's concerning. But to Raja's point about this team, just seeing them go out for the opening tip, you don't really know realize it until you see them on the floor. They're huge. I mean, Zion, I'm Alonzo 6'6". They, they run off makes. They run off misses. They're young and athletic. Like, 
teams are going to have a problem keeping up with these guys at the pace that they play. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an exciting brand of basketball. Um, and to what Joey just said, some of the plays that that we we just saw, some mm-hmm. of the highlights were were you know a secondary uh, pass off of some primary action. It got kicked over to to Zion. Zion catches someone in a closeout trying to run him off of a shot. And now he's downhill, and there's good space, so he's on top of the rim. They're not going to close. They're not. They're going to be short closeouts. You're going to dare him to shoot the ball. So some of that is going to get taken away. Now that little, you know, pick and roll play where Lonzo's coming down the lane, he's putting the two defenders in a bind, and he flips it. He'll get those mm-hmm. out of pick and roll, and they'll be in transition because of their pace so much that there'll be plenty of food um, for everyone to eat there, especially Zion around the rim. I would just curtail my expectations of as a basketball fan of exactly. What type of plays he's going to make this year? Right. He's going to make the highlight plays. Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm that, he's going to make those. But like, <laughs> you know, you got to temper expectation. That's all I'd say for sure. Um, other preseason action. So you had a very interesting thing with the Knicks game. Is Marcus Morris was playing? Um, I don't know who who was the uh, who was the player that he actually Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson. Because I was a little, I was like, what is Justin Anderson letting him do this? Marcus Morris swinging the ball back and forth, trying to get him off him, swings the ball oh. back and forth a couple of times. Then he just bops him in the head with a ball, which hurts, by oh. the way. You get that? But what if Justin Anderson didn't even do anything? Bro, I would have come up swinging. You just got I mean, sunned. I, I guess it is Marcus I, Morris, a pretty big dude. Look, <laughs> what the? He got stunned in the dude, first one. He doesn't just tap it on his head. Bap. Right oh. in the That hurts, man. Those balls are hard. Oh, that's utter disrespect. Yeah. I mean, that's that that's you have to fight him. Yeah. You have no choice. He didn't you, even want any piece of him. He didn't even try him. Here's what the funny part about it is if they had taken that clip back like five seconds prior to that exchange, yeah. when they both came on the court after a timeout or something, Morris was walking to his spot and Justin Anderson like stepped in front of him and like shouldered him. Oh, really? And then, and then said something to so him. So that's what precipitated so that. So that clearly. started it. And then you get hit on the head like that, dog. You got no choice. Right. That's like I tell my kids. My oldest son, Dia, he don't want to fight. Right. My middle one will fight you in a heartbeat. My oldest son, Dia, he don't really want to fight. But I said, Dia, hey, listen, sometimes you just going to have to fight. It's just what it is. Like you're going to have to either beat him or you're going to take the L. And in either case, you did what you were supposed to do. There right. are some times that you just got to fight. Right. And he had to do it that time. Now, Marcus Morris, after the game, said he's just trying to set a tone that they don't want to take any whoop de woo from anybody. <laughs> But Joey, our boy Joey's well all in on sir. the Knicks. So you're all in on the Knicks? I'm I'm all in, and that makes me even more. When was the last time people cared about the Knicks? In the '90s, when they were when they were tough and they were physical and they were a gra- and they had Oak and Mace and John Starks and you. I mean, those are great players. Those, got those, those guys, it does, yeah, right. That's true. But the Eastern <laughs> Conference is terrible, and I think the Knicks. Personally, I think they got one of the quietest, best free agent signings of the offseason. Julius Randle. He's 24 years old. He's, I think he's going to be a star after this season, and people are not ready for it. I love Fizdale. He's a great coach. I'm in on them as a playoff team in the East. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, well, playoff that's interesting. Team. Bold predictions right there. Um, if RJ is what I think RJ can be at the pro level, um, and he didn't look good in summer league, uh, but I do think uh, there's a skill set and a size that's going to be going to translate well to the NBA. Julius Randle's a really, really good player. Um Morris is tough. I'm trying to think of what else they have. See, the East is so wide open. You're going to have a lot of teams um, that are fighting for like six, seven, and eight, I would imagine, right? So you're talking about Sixers, Bucks. Um, who else is after that? Boston. 
uh, Toronto. Like those four you expect to kind of be around. Indiana at five. Yep. Six, seven, and eight is going to be a fluid conversation. Maybe Brooklyn, like, you know, with Kyrie there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't buy the Knicks, Joey, like necessarily guaranteeing that they'll be in the playoffs, but I think they have a shot to fight for it. Well, especially if RJ is good. Yeah, I think to your point, there's no, there's no real lock in that, that five, six to eight range. Um, I think um, I'm, until I see Kyrie prove that he's a leader, I think Brooklyn got worse uh, without KD. Uh, I think the Pistons are just, you know, a, a little bit away from imploding at some point. I just don't see it lasting. Blake's been great. Um, to, and to your question, Dennis Smith, they'll probably start Dennis Smith Jr. Mitchell Robinson looked like a stud last year. Yeah. Um, they just have – they. Bobby Portis is coming off the bench. He's good. Taj Gibson's coming off the bench. He's, I mean. That is a nice they, little. They, they that do is have a, some pieces in an Eastern Conference that's terrible. That's a sneaky team. In a, in a, that's a good point, man. Well done. That's a sneaky team in a conference that doesn't have a whole a whole lot um, in the middle or at the bottom. And I do know this, and I will double down on what Joey said. David Fisdale is a fantastic coach. Yeah. So you give him pieces that are, you know, those Bobby Portis names, those Taj Gibson names, those are all pros. They're not babies. Yep. You know, those are guys that have been in the mix. So those, those are the type of people that he can get to, uh, you know, perform. Currently, this sports book that I have pulled up has them finished 12th in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to get some value there, maybe pick on them. I don't think anybody's saying they're going to win the Eastern Conference, but hey, maybe they'd be playoffs would be great. It'd be great to give Knicks fans some hopes, right? They've been so bad maybe. for so long. Maybe give them a little bit of a glimpse of the future. All right. Let's dive a little bit into this China situation that's developing, uh, with the NBA. And it all started over the weekend when Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, sent out a seemingly innocuous tweet, right? He said, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. And you're thinking, all right, sounds good. Like he's standing behind Hong Kong, who's, you know, trying to separate themselves from a communist uh, government in the whole uh, country of China. But it's not innocuous over there. And so China gets word of this tweet coming from an NBA GM. And China is major, um, major, major growth prospects for the nba the nba wants to tap into china because i think it has a population of seven billion mm-hmm. something insane maybe two billion i don't know exactly the numbers maybe somebody can check it out it's a lot of b it's a lot of billion well tencent look just to put that in perspective tencent yep. holdings is a chinese tech uh company mm-hmm. they just struck a deal with the nba to stream games it's reported to be around 1.5 billion dollars yeah so there's a lot of people there's a lot of money there a lot of players every year go to china to sell their shoes to mm-hmm. promote their brands to promote the nba well, after seeing this tweet from one GM um, that backed Hong Kong in their fight for freedom, there's been a response. So all of a sudden, the Rockets have been pulled from TV. They don't want to air their games anymore. Uh, China doesn't. Um, you've had other um, groups come out and say Tencent said, hey, we're not going to air their games. Adam Silver, it raised the letter of Adam Silver because everyone was watching this saying, hey, what are we going to do? If you're wondering why, there are a lot of Houston Rockets fans because of Yao Ming. Remember Yao Ming was oh. from China? He played for the Rockets, so all of a sudden they've got a big fan base over there. So it's become this major story. Wondering what would happen. Daryl Morey did apologize pretty soon after, said he didn't mean to offend anybody. But nonetheless, Adam Silver did have to address the tweet yesterday. Have a listen. Essentially, what I've said in that statement is the long-held values of the NBA are to submit case. Daryl Morey, as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, enjoys that right as one of our employees. Um, what, what I also try to suggest is I understand that there are consequences from that exercise of, of in essence, his freedom of speech and you know, we, we will have to live with those consequences. It's my hope that 
for our Chinese fans and our partners in China, they will see those remarks in the context of now a three-decade, if not longer, relationship. And that we've done um, in partnership with the Chinese Basketball Association, the Department of Education, and, and many different businesses in China, I feel, enormous amount to build the sport, uh, to work in communities, to focus on healthy lifestyles. And that's where we find ourselves. But that um, as a league, um, we are not willing to compromise those values. All right. So you want the translation? Yeah, this is Adam Silver saying, we are a hot mess right now, and I'm hoping this goes away as quickly and quietly as possible um, because there's it's really a no-win situation for the NBA. Um, if you kowtow to China and do something to Daryl Morey, you look like you're supporting a communist government. Um, if you support Daryl Morey, which he did, but he kind of did it lightly, hey, he has his right, his freedom of speech, he can say whatever he wants to, you're going to lose a lot of business in China, which is already happening. And basically, that's what Adam Silver is admitting to and saying, hey, we are in a no-win situation. Let's just please get this thing to blow over as quickly as possible. I thought he did a good job there. Yeah. I don't know what else. And I've heard a faction of the country, like, you know, eviscerating, you know, the NBA and Adam Silver this morning. Um, what, what do you, what do you want him to do? Like, first right. of all, um, he supported his employees' right to his freedom of speech, right? Like Daryl Morey said what Daryl Morey said, and and you know that's fine. That doesn't that doesn't mean that Adam Silver and the NBA have to be in the business of telling a whole country uh, what their politics should be and right. how they should run their country. That's not his place. It's not. And so while Daryl Morey can feel that way and express that. That doesn't mean that Adam Silver needs to double down and echo what what they said, right? right. Like the NBA isn't in the business uh, uh, of playing politics. Now, the argument to that would be the NBA has always supported its players uh, having a right a la we're not going to just shut up and dribble and stuff like that. To that, I would say those are problems that exist in our country. Mm -hmm. They're highlighting issues that they deal with on a day-to-day. -day. They are standing up to the oppressions that they feel in their own country. China is not our country. Like we don't live there. They don't have um, the the same perspective as as they would for something that's happening here. And so that would be my one. That would be it. Like there's nothing really that they can do. While yes, they 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 have made political statements at times, NBA players uh, about things that are going on in their country. It's because they are educated on what's going on in their country. They live that. They don't live what's going on in China. So the, the best way to approach that in my mind would be to do what he did. Look, we support Daryl Morey's right to do that. It's not necessarily our views on it. And further than that, I'm not getting involved in your politics because I'm not qualified to do so. Right. Um, there has been other repercussions as the Chinese state TV already said, they're not airing the Lakers nets games. That's a significant. Oh, they the pulled, look, they, they pulled the entire G league. They, you know, they're, they're, pulled the G league. Like this morning, it was reported that like when you go to do what, well, so when you go as an NBA player, abroad to do uh to play exhibition games or to play preseason games there's also like an nba cares event that's attached to that where you'll go out in the community um and you will interact with you know whatever's going on there sometimes it, it, it could be educational like you could be putting on some sort of clinic for kids sometimes you go to a local hospital you might build something who knows what they have scheduled for you to do but there are things attached to the game to draw more interest and to kind of globalize you know your 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 your, your players and your brand 
all of that has been shut down by the Chinese government. Yep. At least for the Brooklyn Nets team. Like, the Lakers haven't showed up yet. They're scheduled to do some tomorrow. But I would imagine they're probably going to cancel theirs too. So it, it is a mess. Um, again, I would just say, look, I mean, you know, I got, look, Danny, we don't talk politics on here a lot. Right. I, I, I don't get into politics even in our country a lot. Like, I'll state my, my piece sometimes. I'm certainly not going into somebody else's country and, and telling them how to do it. Like, I think I'm, the one thing where it gets dicey is, you know, all those, um, instances you mentioned where players here are outspoken. Those are our country's human rights issues and, you know, where they yeah. feel like, hey, the, the, but you have some severe human rights issues going on in China. And if you're not careful, you don't want to make it look like you're supporting China. You want to make sure you're, and it's okay to have business there, but I think that there's a respect level and hey, we don't agree with their politics, but you can almost separate it. So this is where I kind of like from a human standpoint, there are billions of people there, whether or not they're not supporting those human rights. They just happen to live in a country that's different than ours. And you can still reach out to those people and entertain them with a great product in the NBA and sell them shoes and they can still be customers. Totally. Or you don't want to burn that bridge. I can understand that difference. I, I would, but I think that's what the NBA has to be careful optically that they don't look like they're supporting look, China's government. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to support. I don't think he said he's supporting. China's right. Government. No, I know. That's right. why I think he did a like, great job. And, and, and I don't, and I don't believe that they do support China's government. Right. You don't, you don't want to come out and say that though. But like, if you don't have to come out and say that, right. You can just say, look, we, we support Daryl Morey and our governmental structure. And it's right for all of its, you know, uh, uh, people to have a freedom of speech. And we support that. That doesn't necessarily, and, and you can be disappointed that Chinese fans and, and people in China, um, uh, didn't love it. Like you, or that it offended any of them. Right. That doesn't say that you're supporting their government. Right. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? No. And it's, you know, again, I think like, cause I don't think he can fire Daryl. I don't think he can discipline Daryl Morey because well, I think then here's it looks the, really here's bad. the deal. Adam, it's not Adam Silver's job to fire him. Right. That's, uh, what's his name? Fertitta's? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's his job. Now, this brings up another question, right? Because you, Colin Kaepernick, um, what people called for, for his head. For, right. for speaking out against against our government. And right. what people had said to support that was if you cost an owner money and you bring too much negative press to said owner, he has the right in private business to fire you. Right. So if Daryl Morey, whether I agree with his tweet or not, if Fertitta has decided, hey, this is too much for us to weather and he has cost me billions of dollars, is it not his right to fire him? Oh, it's his right, but I think the backlash then would be from Rockets fans in America. I'm not. No, it's just I'm not supporting. I think I'm not supporting it. Right. I'm just saying in a vacuum. Like if you're going to say right that that it's private business's right to to fire someone if they're doing something on company time or representing the company in a way that is negative and it's going to cost them business. I'm just saying. Yeah. We don't get to like support it when we like to support it. I feel like that's what we do in this country anyway, right? Yeah. Like when the narrative fits us, we take it and we run with it. Or we try to spin it, like right? I don't know. No, it's tricky. I, that's why I think it's a no-win situation. It is, and it's all because of a tweet. That's kind of crazy. It's, it's all because of yo one tweet. Keep it moving. Stay off of Twitter. I'm, can I launch this campaign? <laughs> hashtag no Twitter. We got whoop de woo. We got uh, think of all no the things Twitter. that have like people have a been lot. in trouble for lately, right? A lot, myself included. Nothing serious, but it did get me in a lot of trouble at my former company. All right, Shaquille O'Neal. I think we're just blowing through our break. We're just gonna keep going. Go, keep it know, moving. Some people might be mad about that, keep but Shaquille O'Neal versus Dame Lillard. The battle continues i thought this would go away shack is back man he was not back. going out quietly right. so we are going to play back some parts of this and we'll let you respond you haven't heard i've not heard it so we'll let you go all right give us the first uh sound uh bite here uh joey not again 
Yo, the sun gon' shine forever On my statues and retired jerseys I'ma live forever Better now or never Kill Damon, my pleasure We see you lose every year Nobody do it better Yeah, right Weak ass bars, you ain't tight So when you spit something Make sure you spit it right Don't make an ass out of yourself Cause you're losing The diesel's known for bruising What is you doing? You know that I'm Hall of Fame above you, Damon Hug you, Damon I'ma make you love me, Damon Talking crazy Ain't gon' get you nothing but smoke Like when we see you in the all right, so that's the first bite. Your okay. thoughts? Okay, not not bad, but it was almost the exact same. All right, oh, like I'm you so were glad just, you like said that. Exact... Shaq kind of sounds exactly the same it's on all his. Almost plagiaristic, but it's almost play, like you were really going word for word kind of with the original and just right. plugging in the dames and the Hall of Fames <laughs> and the statues a little bit. Right. I'm not. Didn't I don't really respond too much specifically to any of the allegations either. Uh, but he did mention a couple of them because yeah. I think he did. Bring up Kobe. Let's go with another one. In the commission, I don't need no permission to hit him. I'm a f him up even if my column is with him. See this little dude can't take defeat. He don't even leave that corny bullshit. He speak. A little Kobe comment you said had me grinning. Three times MVP, damn, at least I'm winning. First all right, so he did bring up the Kobe disc because okay. he said, hey, you brought up Kobe, but at least I'm winning. Yeah. You know, like, so he brought up that, kind of hit him again with it. Yeah. The fact that you haven't won. But again, it's kind of the similar comebacks. Like, they're all the same. I, and I appreciate Shaq's willingness to continue this. <laughs> I do. I do. Because I've said Dame is, Dame is no joke. Like, right. Dame is no joke. Um, I also I, like the fact that Dame comes up with his own beats. Yeah, I mean. Like, yeah. I mean, you're basically just, and I, hey, I think it's awesome. I love doing this every time. But Shaq is just underlying some beats that are older, old school, you know, beats that are great. Yeah. He's just rapping over them. Like you got Dame creating his own music, the, uh, his own stuff. The D's is a real creative. Like, so here's what I, D's is really creative. And I, I might say that Dame, like if I had to vote on it, Dame's a better rapper than Shaq. Okay. Here's the problem though. That's pretty much the only thing in this whole conversation. Like Shaq had a, the better career. Like we're never going to dispute right, that. Right. Um, Shaq has done way more in terms of like, even, you know, you like Shaq put out a lot of music. Shaq did a lot of movies. Shaq sold a lot of shoes. Like I don't know that you're ever going to beat him in any of that. So like a win for Shaq and a win for Dame. Can we all be winners in this? All right. Like, so here's, so here, I don't think we have time to play back anymore, but I want to tell you in one of the bars, Shaq says something to the effect, like I hate Chuck too, Charles Barkley too. Like any kind, of, so that's where my question goes back to: be. Do you think this is all fun and games, and they're all laughing when they're making these diss tracks? I mean, because some of them, there was some below the belt type of material that you're like, "Ooh," and it makes you cringe a little bit. Yes. But guys are used to that in locker rooms. Think about the conversations and the stuff that you would say going back and forth with dudes crushing them, and you're able to move on. You're able to say, "Yeah, no. it's just kind of in." It feels like this one they're laughing about it. Like when he says, "I hate, Ch I hate Charles Barkley too." Like to me, that's kind of lightens it up a little bit you are making a convincing a more and more convincing case for this being staged right having said that maybe <laughs> i can't relate because i was not a play play dude oh you weren't nah, <laughs> you i was play. not a play play dude i didn't get in listen i played with some clowns <laughs> like some dudes that would get after you right i was never a play play dude you didn't want like, to mix it up yeah, like that i ain't like i just i maybe because i wasn't good at it <laughs> You know what I mean? But right. it was quickly going to go somewhere else with me. So I just, just I would I just say I probably it. stayed away from yeah. the majority of it too. Yeah. Like clothing and stuff, you could rip on each other, but any of that other stuff, they're yeah. going down those roads. I, I ain't going down those paths. Style. Definitely not. All right. Maybe we'll get some more of those. Maybe Dame gets a response. We'll get to all that tomorrow if he does. That's it for us today. Canel and Bell. See you tomorrow.
this Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.